Wait, what just happened? Okay, this is all very confusing. Is this going to be better? You can hear it through here. There's a little bit of wind. I am at Lake Folsom once again. I came into Brown's Ravine today, a place that I've walked over to um, along a trail on the other side of... Um, what do you call that? I guess there's like a peninsula and then there's oh, like an inlet from where I am. Oh, this is cute right here. There's a little waterfall, a little trickling, babbling brook. It's got gray slate stones with plants or grasses hanging out over it. Those plants that have the really long blades of grass, but then up at the top it has kind of like a... Um, starburst of seeds and more blades of grass. It looks does look like an exploding star almost. There's a fig tree. That's quite beautiful. Can you hear? I'm just going to see if I can play the babbling brook. So I parked over in Brown's Ravine where I had actually never been before and it has a beautiful little marina that reminds me a little bit of Morro Bay's marina. It's just a small maybe 10 little docks with little small sailboats for the most part. There's motorboats and sailboats but it kind of has that cozy tucked in little feeling of being its own little place which is actually just a little inlet here on Lake Folsom. The weather today is a lot cooler and much more beautiful than it has been the last couple of days. It's got walked away from that extreme heat. In fact when I walked out on my concrete patio over my concrete car park today I noticed that it was quite a bit cooler so I decided to come up to here. I actually was going to go all the way around the lake back over to where I went yesterday, which is Beals Point. But I decided to go here to Brown's Ravine because it was a little bit closer to my house. And I thought, you know what, I've never actually properly gone in and gone around it to explore. So I drove in as far as I could at the very end past the boats past a couple of car parks there's a circular car park in the middle and it's actually quite big like there's a little hill in the middle and and it probably holds like hundreds of cars in a circular fashion around this loop which similar to yesterday has a a lot of picnic tables they're all under oak trees though over at Beals Point they have um, sycamores and other obviously planted trees where these all seem to be just like the the natural oak trees and the uh, digger pines that are here. Uh, have I found out yet? Oh look there's a little white butterfly who's just flapping its wings over the babbling brook. I'm standing in the middle of the, the babbling brook that's probably about two feet wide and I'm standing on a rock that it goes almost halfway across it trying to catch up to where I am actually walking across. So I went ahead and parked my car and decided I was just going to get out on foot and walk around and see what was here. 
And as I was putting on my headphones and grabbing my water, I realized that there was a big, what do you call those things? Tractor? Like a tractor thing that was working behind a tree over near the car park that I hadn't noticed when I was in the car. So I decided to kind of walk around in front of it. And as I came down towards the water so I could see the marina to my left and there's a boat launch right in front of the marina but right in front of me was also a little shack that looked like it was fairly new it was a metal looked like a little prefab type of maybe like an office with a little porch attached to it and I had noticed that there were quite a few signs that said pontoon rentals so I'm assuming that that might be the little office for the pontoon rentals, which looks kind of exciting. I like the idea of renting a pontoon. I'm assuming that it's more than I can afford, but it's always uh, worth checking into because sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. So I wanted to go ahead and walk as close as I could around the water. So I was starting kind of at the, the left-hand side of this circular parking lot, and I had crossed over the dirt and now wanted to stay along the water's edge as I circled around to the right to just kind of get an idea of what the shoreline was like. Um, so I noticed too there was an interesting formation which I'm assuming was to help guide the boats or to keep them away from the shore but it was interesting somebody had actually lashed together a lot of the floating wood and had kind of just made like a little makeshift I don't want to say like pier, like a, it's almost like a floating structure. When I say structure, it really was just to demarcate the, maybe like in the water, like I said, to like steer the boat, steer around this area. It wasn't something that you could walk on or, or play in. It was a completely uneven surface and it looked like they'd actually used bailing wire that actually looked a little bit rusty and and also it was just a curious object floating there in the water it was probably like about 25 feet long and projected out in a diagonal angle from the edge of the shore so I continued walking around to the right that really dry dusty oak leaf dried yellow grass and stickers there was a path that was fairly close to the edge of the water now, the last time I was anywhere near this area up here was, like I said, on the other side of that inlet there. And when we came to the area where the marina was, first I was surprised there was a marina there because I didn't ever know that there was a marina there. But it was also almost completely out of the water. It was so dry that almost entire inlet didn't even exist. And when I drove in today, the the picnic tables that were at the closest to the entrance of this inlet were actually underwater. But here along this edge, I was kind of surprised that there was an actual footpath that looked like had been worn in, obviously, since the water had been raised to this higher level. And none of the tables here were actually under the water. So I almost think of this water level is probably like the normal water level or what the water level they want to keep behind the dam for recreation uses. So I um, keep kept coming around and there was a gentleman sitting outside with an extreme dark tan which I thought either he's Italian or he's French or he's Southern Californian because there aren't that many people these days who lay out in the sun purposely. 
He obviously was a generation ahead of me, but had an extremely gorgeous tan. I didn't want to walk right next to him, so I decided to head kind of back up to the edge of the car park to walk along there to not be just in close proximity with him as I was walking. So, of course, it was kind of steeply angled, and I found a part where there was a little bit of um, uh, asphalt running down the edge of the hill, about halfway, so I decided to use that to go up. But as I have flip-flops on, I got one or two steps up and was only sliding back down, which I had kind of imagined that that's how it was going to go down. So I went ahead and slipped off my flip-flops, or thongs as we used to call them, and walked back up the car park. And that's, I love, that's one thing I love about feet. One thing I love about feet, that in those situations... It just has total grip on the ground. Now, I felt the asphalt before I stepped up on it to make sure it wasn't going to be too hot for me, which it wasn't. So that was nice. I was able to make it pretty easily up the probably like five feet of steep asphalt incline. But thank you, Feed, for having that cool feature of being able to mold the things. So I continued to walk around, and I was probably and maybe now about three-quarters of the way around this circular area, and I noticed that there was uh, another family that was getting down into the water, and I could hear a few older people, when I say older, like older than a family, probably some kids in their 20s or 30s, with a dog a little bit further. They had um, their cars parked right next to the edge of the water. So I continued to walk down that way, and it was that circular area that I was walking around kind of came to another boat ramp that had a sign on the way in saying that it was closed but here the people were actually parked in that area and were swimming around in the bay and there's probably about four I think there's four teenagers who were standing in the water there about waist deep playing frisbee and I could see this gravelly some sort of gray, dusty stuff put down there. It wasn't sand. It wasn't the regular dirt that we have here. To be honest with you, it didn't look at all nice, but they had somehow kind of laid it across there to give it a little bit of a beachy area. And I couldn't see if there was anything beyond it, but I decided to go ahead, since I was walking around and exploring, to walk to the far end of it to see if there was anything else beyond there, hopefully a trail. And as soon as I got to the end, I could actually see, of course, there was, going off to the right, a little trail, which is probably about uh, 20 feet or so about from where I am now. Another thing that I wanted to say that's kind of really, I don't know, I find this fascinating or interesting about this lake that I've liked both when it's wet and dry is that there is a ton of floating wood in here. And I think I might grab a piece take home with me today. There was a piece yesterday that I saw that I thought, oh, this would make a good like altar. I could hang this on my wall. It had a triangular formation with like a little jutting shelf on it that I really liked. The idea that there's just all this interesting wood that's been floating down from who knows where. It's We've had really a lot of water this year and there's been a couple times where the water has been way unusually high so it's kind of like a great clean out at a certain point that all the the floating wood and breakable things towards the bottom of the tree all get broken off and and washed downstream and 
now because of the dam, all of this wood gets stuck here in the lake and it is all around this area where the water gets pushed in a certain direction. You have sometimes up to 10, 15, or even 20 feet of driftwood along the, the edge of the lake and it gives it this kind of unique bobbing surface that looks like ground from afar like right now I'm looking at it through the trees and it looks like it should be the ground but it has this gently swaying and bobbing up and down surface that I just makes me want to write some sort of really cool sci-fi story about it so now this is where I am babbling brook little butterflies gone but I'm gonna head up from here the trail goes up it looks very dusty very dirty which means that I may not want to go too far. I'm not really out for a, a, a big hike today. I just wanted to get myself out of the house for a little while. So just a bunch of dead grass with that two foot wide trail. It always makes me question this little trail. Like, how is it kept clear? And if anybody in the world knows the answer to this, is it herbicides? Do people come along here and just drench the ground with with herbicides a couple times a year and ensure that nothing grows because it's at the edge of either side of every trail I've ever been on. There is grass, even though it's completely dead and dry and looks like a big hay bale right now. Uh, at least it's growing there. But on the trail, nothing but brown dirt and jutting rocks. So uh, the use of herbicides has, well obviously it's been something that I've always known about. I've been very uh, against the use of herbicides even when I grow my own food, when I own my own house, when I plant my own things. I stay away from herbicides. Although everything that I understand there's no directly dangerous use to them. I can't help but believe that it's just not natural or good for the human body, for nature around us, and that long-term use, long-term exposure has negative effects, not to mention the billions of people who actually are applying it and directly using it in our, our world, which are usually the most vulnerable people anyway and don't always have the ability to say, hey, you know what, no, I rather would not spend my whole day with pesticides strapped on my back while I spray it around my feet to keep your plants from growing. And a couple things happened recently that kind of reignited this whole thought in my mind. We were out walking here in El Dorado Hills, and there was a path that we have been able to see for years going alongside the edge of the, the freeway. So there's a like kind of a road that dead ends at the top of a hill, and there's a, like a fire road that goes in there. And off of there, we could see like some little foot trails. And because we are adventurers and we walk off the path quite often, that we were walking across this 
field behind some houses and we got to a certain point I kept smelling something that smelled strange and of course as I always am I'm looking at the ground and I'm looking at what type of plants there were and noticing that some adults had, or some adults some people behind their house had gone out and weed whack and cut everything really short behind their house but then there were these weird furrow rows of the, on the grass and it really kind of baffled me because we were on an undeveloped hillside in between two housing developments but it was probably at least a half a mile between the two two developments and we were just kind of walking through here I was really um, interested in it because at the bottom of this was a couple of ponds and water life areas had kind of cropped up because of the, the wet weather and we came around this certain point and I looked over towards the far end of this field and there were there was a big truck and a bunch of young men getting into these these trucks and we saw one kind of take off across the hillside and it was like a um like a tinker truck but it was super small like a large golf cart or maybe the size of two oh you surprised me sorry there thanks for not running me over Thank you. so were these two uh water tinky trucks sorry that was somebody just came along on their dirt bike and as i said i was grateful i've been standing in the shade for just a minute were these two big big was this water tanky truck looking thing and it was actually carving paths and crossways across the hillside and was dousing the entire area with herbicide and i realized we had been walking through it that whole time that that weird smell those strange furrows were from a truck that had been driving over and was was spraying that herbicide and it was just so upsetting the reality that right here in my own community and a place that I drive by every single day that they have trucks out here dousing the hillside and the only way that I became aware of it was by accidentally walking into it that was really upsetting and frustrating and distressing so we ended up leaving quite upset deciding to head over to another area in El Dorado Hills that I had been at before, um, which again ran alongside, behind and through a couple of housing developments, but it was up this very steep hillside. There's a fire road that you access it with, and it heads really quickly to the top of this very wide fire road. And then there's these other little paths, kind of like what I'm on now, where people who live there ride their mountain bikes or walk their dogs. We parked there, walked up there, and saw this little trail kind of going off to the side and thought, oh, hey, you know what, why not? Let's, let's go that way. And this time I was with all three of my girls. We start walking through the trail and it was really pretty because off in the distance we could see Folsom Lake here and just has really pretty views like even back into 
Grass Valley, Coloma, and you can see like um, views like really down south that's down there. I'm not really sure. Just absolutely beautiful. So we start on this little side trail and we're going underneath the trees and uh, around the, um, it starts to go underneath the trees into like a little canopy there and it became kind of cool like you know we were these explorers through the jungle on this trail but it, I also started to notice that times where I thought that maybe the branches would get too close to us or come too low were like strangely purposely cut back but then in other places they were very yellow like dying and I again realized that somebody had walked through this area and doused everything with herbicide to open up this path and this trail so people in the area could obviously dirt bike bicycles that go on dirt not like motorcycles but ride their bikes through there and walk through there and that that was second time in one day that we ended up walking through herbicide since then i had another incident where i was at the top of the hill behind the church by my house, there's a cemetery, Clarksville Cemetery. And I, again, walk, walking with Molly there. And all of a sudden, we came upon another one of those tanker trucks that was just filled with herbicide and was spraying the hillside. And we hightailed it back out of there. I could later see as I was driving by there, those kind of telltale tire tracks there was also a for sale sign, like somebody was selling that area. So why they feel the need to douse it with herbicide to sell it is just, it's a thing. But I guess the part that really upsets me is that there's just like this is going on and I'm completely unaware of it. And it always puts me in that mind frame of what to do about it. Do I make this a thing? Because there's so many things to be a thing. Like at the same time, I'm listening to the killing of Freddie Gray. And we just listened to the uh, young man who was killed by a police officer in his car and found not guilty. And a couple of days later, uh, another black pregnant black woman was killed by police officers in her home. And I'm like, okay, we can't solve our own citizens being killed by our police it's just that helpless feeling like what am I supposed to do I've already dealt with this city so many times I felt with the bureaucracy of you know the banks and and you know trying to be able to stay in my house when I wasn't able to work anymore and you continue to stay there like I've I've dealt with all of these things and I know that they're they're unable to care for whatever reason they're also put in their own stressful places that instead of them being able to care are just in these judgmental, punitive ways. So I think about that as I'm here walking up these uh, dirt trails and almost getting run over by guys on their bike. What I see the herbicide here and I wonder, it's like, is it even something to worry about? Do I just enjoy the nature? Do I feel sad that it's doused in ear, uh, herbicide? It doesn't, it never has felt right to me. And as much as I enjoy the outdoors and want to be here, I don't know how to continually come face to face with the parts of it that make me uncomfortable and in some ways don't want to be a part of it.
the views over here of the lake reminds me of the ocean my familiar Southern California ocean my Marina Del Rey my Malibu my Pacific Palisades I spent so much time on the ocean and sailing when we were kids laying on the beach as teenagers floating out past the waves the only difference about this ocean here is that it ends in a mountain and a concrete wall with a little guard post on top it's a little bit different than just the plain horizon but I guess if you cover it up with your hand right there um, the waves are awfully much smaller I'm not going to go too much further before I turn around and go back Big old tree fallen here. It does look like a pretty cool um, biking area. If I was um, of such a mind, I can see that it's got that little rockiness that I definitely like riding downhill on. It's been quite a few years now since I've been bike riding, especially on uh, rough trails, but don't like going up them, but I love coming down them. That was, um, oh, what's the name of that ski resort? I'm going to walk up a little bit further. There's much less shade in front of me here. So I'm not going to. It's always that feel of the crust just beyond. Like, oh, maybe if I just go up that crust around that bend, then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll have seen enough. Then I'll... I'll know what's there, and I'll feel happy to turn around and go back. But just very dusty, very rocky. It's getting up a little bit steep here, but it looks like it'd be a nice bouncy ride up here on a bike. A little bit of shade. sound of the wind in the bigger pines makes it sound like the forest with that hum see it just takes that long my heart's already pounding from the hillside not in as good a shape as I used to be oh we get another view huh. the sound of saws over to the right so it looks like there's a big fence. I say big fence, and as soon as I say big fence, I want to take it back. There's a fence to the right of me just to up the hill a little bit. And there's a, a barbed wire fence with a larger chain link fence. And on the other side, it's the back of some expensive properties that have some amazing views of the lake and probably even downtown Sacramento I'm trying to see they're up a little bit higher than I am I can't quite see over the edge of the dam right here it just looks like a blue abyss on the other side of the dam and uh, sound of a saw at somebody working in their house and I'm, but I'm going to turn around and go back here does look like it would be a good path for 
a morning hike. Not a uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. It's a little bit hot and dry kind of hike. But the views overlooking the lake are quite smashing. And the sound of sea dews coming from the lake below are very exciting too because being out in the waves with a machine between your legs is an exciting feeling that I wouldn't mind doing either. It's one thing I also like about traveling around is um, making sure that when I do go places that I spend the money that seems like it might be terribly expensive in the moment uh, like a couple hundred dollars to uh, rent a jet ski or a sea on Lake Tahoe but significantly less expensive than buying one, owning a trailer, paying for a place to store it, paying the extra gas to haul it there. That's how I kind of rationalize it all in my mind. And, you know, I think that, I think, I know I've paid once, and I think I've had friends who've owned one um, once or twice that I've also gone out on. I can't think of the name of the lake that we were with with our friends, but but I've done that throughout life has tried to not stop myself from enjoying the perks when I'm there. I, I think I tend to be more comfortable not having the perks in everyday life. So when I do get places like I can pay to go in the museums or I can pay to go to the historical houses or I can have a tour guide or rent a pontoon boat or a jet ski or canoes or kayaks for the day, things like that that make it a little bit nicer than the regular experience of just staying on the on the shore and making those destination times or travel perks a little bit more interesting but at the same time I can just as much enjoy being at a place just just for being there I think I'm always I'm always um comfortable to save on food by not wasting my money on over expensive food by more simple accommodations, sleeping in my car, pitching a tent. Going back under the canopy just a little bit here. I can see markings. I'm coming back down along the same trail that I came up earlier. And I can see markings uh, somewhere in the grass and along the trees. There's a pink spray paint on them, which makes me think that maybe they were markings for... Um, the herbicide people to come and spray everything. The evil herbicide people coming along the paths in the trail trying to keep it pretty so I can hike on it and complain about it at the same time. I find life is always full of these contrasts. The things that I like and want 
And I don't know a lot of the time how to put aside my awareness of the things that make me feel uncomfortable that uh, just help me enjoy being here. And with that said, I'm spending my time talking right now. Okay, this is kind of cute. Just uh, on the hillside in front of me is a a white Mediterranean style house with palm trees around it. Maybe we're in Greece right now. Maybe we're in um, Malibu or Santa Barbara. These beachy style houses. Oh, and there's a hawk flying over. Just to give it that picturesque moment. And the sounds of lapping waves and people laughing and the roar of motors. And here we are in Folsom Lake in El Dorado Hills. So I guess, see, I do have some ability to imagine and enjoy. Oh, here's a good one. I just came to a a fork in the trail and I don't know which way to go. I think I'm going to go this way. Like, right, they've all got to kind of end up in the same place, right? Because they're all going to head back towards Brown's Ravine. It seemed like the one that was, one that um, was the trail I was on, and then there was another one that went to the right that seemed to go down to the water that made me think maybe it was going back to the marina. No, I definitely didn't walk up this way. There's a split on either side with a tree in the middle, but that could be the babbling brook at the bottom. And we all know about the babbling brook. With that um, thought of that insecticide was um, that smell of it is something that's very unique. And the other day when I was... Uh, meeting with my Al-Anon group and somebody said something about a weird smell and that was my first thought was like or after I left there I thought oh my gosh that's the smell of herbicide oh. there's the flower that I think or thought was um, St. John's wort and indeed, this is a babbling brook, but the rock I was standing on is not here, so I'm a little bit further up. Yeah, instead of a, um, I want to say that's an azalea, but I don't know that we have azaleas in the wild. I know England does, but I'm going to cross over the brook this way. So what this means is that the trail, the other trail was the right one. Because this one's going to go somewhere else. It's kind of pretty. Up under the buckeye trees. It has that... That rambling... I don't know what you call it. Like... Stone... Trail going up that makes you want to... You know, it makes, you, <laughs> makes me want to go, but it's going to be hard to turn around and go back. Although... I need to, um, I'm not going to go too far and, and see where this goes, but I desperately 
want to go forward and see what's around that bend, even though I know it's more of the same trees, more of the, the same things, but it just has that, you know, that pioneer route or something that um, makes me want to go up and explore it. It almost looks like like something out of a, of a Western movie, or there we go. It's a set. It's a stage. It's just created by Disneyland. But it's the real world. All right, back over the brook again. There's some little claw marks there in the ground. Somebody did a little bit of digging. Probably raccoon or skunk or squirrel or badger, honey badger. I don't think there's honey badgers in the Sierra Nevada foothills. I was right, I didn't remember coming up this hill. But I do notice that when I'm talking, it's a lot harder to actually pay attention. I'm not going very far at all today. It is a lot easier to lose my way. when I'm chit-chatting rather than paying attention. Where these plants here look kind of mean, very stickery, tall. Like each branch is a spike and it's got spikes coming out of it and spikes coming out of it. And each little spike is covered by little round leaves that look like maybe they're not that scary, but there's a lot of spikiness about it. The little fly wants to buzz on my arm. And I wish it wouldn't because it's kind of tickling me. What are those Katie did? Cicadas? What are they called? That always remind me of Texas. I actually was... Oh, there's the babbling brook in front of me. So this path is the right one. I was looking on uh, Craigslist today for places in East Texas. I thought, you know, it might be fun to go live there for a while. An area that I know well anyway from my childhood. Sound familiar? I stood here for a long time. I wonder sometimes as I'm talking and that repetitive sound is in the background, like if that gets annoying after a while. And I also worry about the breeze, if it takes away from the sound of it, which is why I decided not to use my microphone attached to my earphones. Oh, hi, little birdie. Oh, who are you? Blackhead, red breast. You're not a robin. You're a lot smaller. Got white on your tail. Rufus? I don't know what it is. So we're coming back down to the water where all the, the wood is floating. There's one piece there that's got um, crossboards all nailed across it that almost looks like somebody's little... Um, little bridge was washed away and is now tucked up in a corner here of Lake Folsom at the edge of the babbling brook 
it seems hard to believe that there's water coming down from somewhere up above there. That's another thing that's always kind of blown my mind about water traveling over the planet. Like, how does it get here from other places and doesn't ever, you know, run out? Which I know it does run out, but times like this where there hasn't been rain for a while, but that water is still coming down from somewhere. And, you know, many rivers flow year-round. And I know that there's snow and there's, um, what are they called? Glaciers, you know, that are up there that are melting all the time and rebuilding. But it just blows my mind sometimes that water can run all the way down to the ocean all year-round. Pretty bitchin' planet, if you ask me. So I'm coming back out to that little lake area. And I think I'm going to stop recording. But before I do, I'm just going to play some of the sounds as I walk along. Walk along that icky gray dirt that they put on this beach here.